Well, good afternoon to everyone. Welcome to the Ag Market Network, uh, our monthly cotton teleconference for today, March the 9th. Our program is sponsored by BASF. As you know, BASF owns Fibermax and Stoneville Cottonseed. They make this program possible, and we're very appreciative of them. Today's show is led by Dr. John Robinson, and he will be joining our panel made up of uh, Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Kip Butts, and Gerald Nieper. John, thanks for uh, leading us today to talk about the cotton market. Well, I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate having an easy report uh, in part to, to deal with anyway because the U.S. numbers uh, weren't changed at all uh, compared to last month. They they didn't tinker with anything. They left their projected marketing year average price uh, the same. Now, for what it's worth, the pre-report guesstimates on the U.S. numbers were calling for just small adjustments. I'm guessing mostly on the in the trade, the export category. But you know they were a couple hundred thousand higher than USDA's February number and a couple hundred thousand lower, and and there was no no change at all. Um, it doesn't really surprise me to see no change on the supply side, um, and I guess the outlook for that. U.S. export category depends on your thoughts about whether the recent uh, recovery in export shipments is sustainable or not. Uh, but anyway, no changes on the U.S. side. So looking at the world numbers, the this is also somewhat easy because the entire uh, changes to the uh, world balance sheet were basically dominated by adjustments in India. So let me let me get into that. There was some revisionist history uh, where USDA went back and raised Indian consumption. They did it a half a million bales in the 1920 marketing year. They did it one and a half million bales in the 2021 marketing year, and then they adjusted carry-in in the subsequent year accordingly. And they said that they made those adjustments to jibe with um, Indian government sources, and I suppose it should make everybody, or the anyway, the critics of USDA, previous critics of USDA happy, uh, people that were calling for changes to ref, uh, be more realistic in India. Anyway, we have some of that. Uh, Indian production was lowered a half a million bales, and that was the biggest change in the world production category. It was only partially offset by a increase in Mexico month over month of 150,000 bales. Indian exports were lowered 200,000 bales. They did the same with Brazil, and those two big cuts were then offset by a whole bunch of smaller uh, month over month uh, increases in a number of different places, Central Asia, West Africa, Australia, and the EU. Anyway, the net effect on exports was 180,000 bale decrease in world exports, and that was almost matched by a 160,000 bale decrease in world imports compared to last month. And that import change involved Turkey and Thailand uh, taking in a little less and Sorry, taking in a little more and Pakistan importing a little less. The only balance sheet category in the world that was not impacted by Indian revisions was domestic consumption. Uh, world domestic consumption went up 111,000 bales. That was uh, mostly due to increases in Mexico and Thailand, and it was whittled down slightly by a small cut in the EU. So the bottom line of all that was a one and three quarter million bale reduction in world ending stocks. So we continue to tighten up the world balance sheet. Again, most of it was in India. 
There were no changes at all to the U.S. balance sheet. There were no changes at all to the Chinese balance sheet. So that's all the tinkering. Um, I'll conclude with some price thoughts. Uh, so USDA, as I mentioned, they left their forecast of uh, the old crop marketing year average price unchanged at 90 cents. Well, as I think about new crop prices, I'm I'm having to change what I've been saying in front of audiences for the last two months. Um, the recent events, uh, I think, have increased the odds for upside volatility in cotton prices, but in the longer, maybe in somewhat moderate longer run, um, and this all relates to the acreage question and what we were just talking about before the call started. So we, we have already the early milestone acreage forecasts. Um, got cotton grower came out earliest with 12.5 million. National Cotton Council came out with 12 million. And USDA at their Outlook Forum came out with 12.7. These early forecasts are always subject to uh, late breaking uh, weather or price developments. And this year, of course, we have both of those in abundance. Um, so where I've where I've been uh, up until now is uh, I've been thinking that uh, looking at the price, the historical price ratios of competing crops, and I, I tend to focus on the corn-cotton ratio, it's up until recently, it's been fluctuating around between 5.7. This is corn price divided, new crop corn uh, in the first quarter of the year uh, divided by new crop cotton. And that, that ratio has been fluctuating between 5.7 and 5.9 which historically would be associated with uh, planted all-cotton acreage, but somewhere between 12 and 13 million, exactly where it's been forecasted by the early surveys. So that all seemed nice. And then, and then I would add on to that sort of uh, economic baseline of acreage, I would add on to that what the drought effect. So if, if economics says 12.5 million, then I would say easily another 500,000 acres or three quarters of a million acres in the southern plains would be added onto that as as a drought effect because of the drought conditions are so bad the insurance price is high so we'd add you know an extra amount of acreage with an uncertain uh, uncertainty about how much of that would be harvested well now because of the rise in corn and soybean prices just keep marching up there and wheat prices have exploded um, I'm having to lower sort of my, my baseline of that whole thought process. So now uh, the ratio of corn to cotton is 6.3. And using the same logic, that, that would suggest uh, uh, the kind of the economic level of cotton acreage to be between 11 and 12 and adding on that uh, drought impact on top of that. So anyhow, however you look at it, it I'm having to uh, tighten up my uh, new crop balance sheet estimates and so I, I think the effect is going to be it's going to su support prices even more and it's going to feed this in-season weather markets which will last through the summer so lastly pat if if last month i told you that i thought prices would be supported in the 90s with the possibility during the summer of you know volatility going up to 110 115 towards 120 i would ratchet all that up five or six cents or so and say I expect to see prices supported somewhere between a dollar and a dollar five and pushing over a dollar twenty towards a dollar twenty five. That's that's where I'd leave it. And all of that then finally assumes that the world doesn't fall apart 
and that higher gasoline prices and food prices and eventually car payments and home interest payments don't squelch household discretionary uh, purchases of stuff. That's all I have, so I'll hand it back to you. Okay, well, let me ask you. You're talking about 12.5 million acres and maybe another 500,000 acres in West Texas. Uh, so you, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My thirteen is what you think the number. Yeah, is. so yeah, I, I, I have my balance sheet. I would have thirteen uh, up until, <laughs> up until now. Now I'd lower that. Now I'd lower that. Okay. Because I'd, I'd start off at eleven and a half and add five to it, so maybe twelve at the highest. Okay. Well, let's open it up for everybody to to uh, comment. Well, I'm just John. I'll just comment first. Uh, I, I, this is a dangerous comment I have. This is a way. Uh, I, 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 I'm highly impressed with your comments. That probably part of it is because it's because I agree and I think the same way, and that's what's dangerous to think the same way. But uh, I thought you did an excellent job explaining that. I too was looking at a, a larger acreage, but. Uh, as befuddled as I am, I have come down with my acreage substantially, and I've also come down with my crop size substantially because of input cost, and I think we'll tend to grow a cheap crop. We don't grow many cheap cotton crops, and I use that word cheap in terms of the quantity of inputs, not the price of the inputs, but the price of the inputs is going to reduce our quantity from typical recommended levels to less than recommended. And I think that's going to give us a big hickey on our production side and then throw in just the normal anomalies associated with weather and whatnot. And I, I, think, we, I think we've got a strong new crop market coming because we, while we have, may have some consumption problems, I think our production problems are going to be greater. A lot of room for debate with all of us today, I think. Go ahead. I'll shut up. Kip or Gerald? Well, just a quick comment. I would agree with what I always say, particularly on the input costs. I believe farmers are really going to have a, a hard time trying to sort out how much to spend on a crop, despite, you know, prices being over a dollar. Uh, you, you kind of with competing crops, that's going to make it those prices better. And a couple of them uh, for the mid south, uh, you know, soybeans particularly a lower input cost to start with, uh, and, a, and a pretty good price. We might even lose a bit of acreage uh, to soybeans more than we might have otherwise, given the current situation. Longer term, uh, which may occur late in the twenty-two or early twenty-three period, I, I think this kind of stagflation environment we're in is going to finally have an impact on the consumer. Uh, however, traditionally it takes a long time for that to sort of show up, and we should be looking at the supply side in the near term, which I tend to agree. Here's that, that problem is we all seem to tend to be thinking the same way oftentimes, and that gets us in trouble. But I, I would think that the market's going to have a hard time going down during the growing season and while we're trying to sort out how much uh, how much cotton we have planted. So it's hard to make the case, at least in my mind, 
for lower prices in the near term for cotton. They're going to be, I mean, that's not to say it can't trade, but I mean, be appreciably lower is what I'm talking about. I think it's about all I have to say about at least a near term right now. You know, the last couple of days I started convincing growers and asking them, okay, um, and, and it's, the sample size is small, admittedly, but uh, so if you cut your fertilizer in half versus, you know, in a normal versus a normal year, what would you expect expect to lose in yield? And the first response I got was a minimum of twenty percent. Okay, so asked another grower who was a little bit more <laughs> um, forthcoming. He said. Look, and I didn't know this. Of course, you know I don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to plant a how to plant a cotton crop or what goes in it. But he says, look, for every bale of cotton that you want to make per acre, it, you need 60. And it depends on your ground, of course, but somewhere between 60 and 70 pounds of nitrogen, somewhere between 60 and 70 pounds of potash, and uh, uh, you know 20 pounds of phosphate. So, you know, it's a three-one-three. He goes, it just varies where you are so you know yeah you can cut back so if you cut back you know that ratio versus your typical you know however much you cut it back you're going to lose at least a bale to the acres so you know for these guys I don't know that if you're planning on planting cotton and you're trying to maximize revenue that you really can afford to cut back very much on your fertilizer um, which I found kind of interesting that uh, you know um, so where do you start judging who is cutting back or not? So definitely yields, I think, are, are going to come down this year, but probably not, you know, across the board, um, you know, here in the United States. So you got if the Cotton Council number maybe ends up being closer to reality versus the USDA number that they came out with the other day, um, you know, now we're talking 16, 17 million bales for this next year, which is going to make things pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one more wrinkle too. Um energy, especially for those who are pumping water, um energy costs are higher for it, whether it's a n run by natural gas or well or the electricity rates in Texas are out the roof. Uh I think because of the experience of the freeze that we had a year ago, but it left a lot of businesses energy electricity suppliers damaged and co ops and whatnot having to refit stuff and I've been told of some astronomical price increases those folks are facing. So so pumping water is gonna be costly costlier. Just one more And John, thing. I I OA here, I I don't have a clue. Uh, of an answer, even if there is an answer. So I admit all of that on the front end. But just an, an uneducated suspicion is, uh, particularly for the Texas folks, well, I think probably uh, belt-wide. I, I, I think they're going to spend the money on electricity or natural gas. I, I, they're going to spend the money to pump water. Uh, th that's one thing, in my opinion, where I think they'll they'll spend the money. It's just that and historically, we've not cut back on inputs uh, uh, through much of the region. But you go from $250 an acre last year for urea to $700 or $800 this year. Uh, I mean, that's just an increase that we've never, an actual dollar or percentage increase that we have never, never had to face before. 
So I, I, that's why my suspicion is that they do cut back on inputs, and I have no sample to go from uh, at, at all. Yeah. We're, we're out of the sample, <laughs> statistically yeah. speaking. So, exactly. Go ahead, Jeff. So another grower says, okay, look, it cost me 82 cents last year for break-even with the inputs and everything. It's a dollar this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a dollar is the new 80, at least for 2022. Hmm. It's, just, it's just hard for me to rationalize that they're going to spend that much money for, for nitrogen. Yet, the, the, the nitrogen and water are the two, two, two inputs they need more than anything. In my, Except in you're going to make a yield. Yeah. Well, you hope you're going to make a yield. That's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> you hope you're going to make a yield. Well, and, it, I mean, it's, it's a much more expensive crop. I mean, it's, it, it's not even in the ball game that the expense is. So I think that's some of the thought process that's going to come about, uh, this, just the astronomical increase in cost. But go ahead. I, I'm, just, I'm really torn with this. Go ahead. Well, you know, the, the, let's just talk about what this could mean for prices. And, and I know we'll have to use our imagination here a little bit, but uh, just I, I think, John, you mentioned maybe up as high as 125 for new crop. What, is that right? Is that what you yeah. think? Yeah. All right, well, let's go around the horn here and just see what other people think. Gerald, what, what are you thinking is possible to the upside in cotton? Oh, gosh. Um, it seems like every time we get real bullish, the market goes down. So, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I definitely think we've got 110 to 115. I, don't, I wouldn't say in the bag, but I think it's 110 to 115. You know, 125, you know, that, that seems a little high to me, but so did 130, you know, six months ago. Um, for, for for this year, so anything is possible. You know what? At what point do these you know retailers and brands saying I can't take it anymore? I got to buy some you know some sixty cent seventy cent polyester to blend in with it, or to replace it entirely. I don't think we're there yet, but you know we may not be getting far away. Kip, what are you thinking? I can't argue with prices. I, I, you know, in the 110, 115 area, maybe they go a little higher than that. But I, I think at some point, and one thing we haven't talked about is we're, we're looking at all these uh, competing prices here. We're seeing the same thing outside the United States. Uh, I read an article the other day uh, that said that uh, food, global food prices were, uh, were up 60% from the same time the year before. So I'm wondering how much cotton we may actually, a uh, cotton area we might lose outside the United States, which would maybe accelerate potentially a, a short to medium term price move that might make that price point change uh, that Gerald sort of alluded to, to, to move into polyester. Because as I said, at some point, I think we're, we've got ourselves economically in a in a position where this inflation uh, is going to start impacting the consumer. When that happens, like I said, there's normally always a delay. At least I'm always behind the curve on that one. But uh, 
input costs are up near term. We may see a switch into other commodities um, and maybe just provide a little bit of near-term support, even more than we're talking about now. And maybe more speculative um, exactly. right. buying would, would happen earlier, you know, earlier because of the planting is uncertain, earlier because we're still in the drought. Uh, and they've got room to go. I think the net long of the managed money is seventy thousand, and they've been they've been up to one hundred and twenty thousand before in the last five years. So, so maybe the the fireworks could be could be earlier than I was stating before. All right, yeah, and, and give us your thoughts away on, on prices. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to beat around the bush just a little. Just a minute first. I, I, the other day, or actually yesterday, I read some a comment that someone had said, well, the cotton market is down recently uh, during this war period because it's telling us that we have too much cotton and uh, cotton prices have to come down, and they were getting into the 80-cent level. Now, into my wildest dreams, I'm not sure I can get as low as 80 cents. Uh, in my wildest so that means that that's not under consideration in my mind. Uh, I, I, I don't think we're on the verge of having too much cotton or have too much cotton. I think the market, uh, cotton plantings are losing out because of competing prices that uh, everyone has mentioned. And, uh, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, but it makes sense. You're looking at $15 beans and seven dollar corn it's 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 hard to plant cotton at a dollar a pound and looking at uh nitrogen costs up to seven eight hundred dollars an acre and diesel at uh whatever it is today five dollars a gallon or whatever uh so i think this the, the new crop is going to be strong uh i think we're going to have a a a smaller world crop coming forward, a smaller U.S. crop, and I wish my friend and yours, Ed Jernigan, were still around because he hammered and hammered USDA for five years trying to get them to get the Indian numbers up to date, and lo and behold, six weeks after he's gone, USDA continues month after month to correct their Indian database, and I I applaud them for doing that, and I'll say I are finally doing that. They're probably doing more than I thought they would do. So I bitched and moaned and uh, <laughs> at them about that, and they have more than compensated. So uh, they're making me look bad now. Thank goodness they're good people and should be remembered. Start off that way. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, for the life of me, it's just difficult to get over a dollar and 15 cents new crop. That's what it's. That's a. This. That's just. That's not even even fifteen cents above where we are now. But if the, some of these production problems come about that we talked about, uh, certainly it's going to be higher than that. I just. Uh, good Lord always gives us rain in West Texas or by Memorial Day. Uh, maybe he might not this year. Want to make a quick comment while we're all sitting here talking so bullish? You know, high prices tend to always be, you know, the cure for high prices. And to suggest we're not at at relative high levels right now is just is it's just inaccurate. We've got, you know, in nominal terms, these prices are on up there over a dollar. Uh, 
I, I think we need to, to look at the bigger picture and recognize that demand is, at the end of the day, somebody's got to buy this, this cotton that we have. And uh, I think with energy prices going up, like consumers are going to start, you know, maybe uh, apparel and textiles are not going to be first on their list, rather filling up the gas tank and, uh, and maybe putting food on the table. So I don't want to get too bullish. I think we all get caught up on prices going up. I would be looking to get some protection uh, for the downside because, quite so honestly, retailers are going to need to make some uh, some adjustments because they've got to sell this product. And I'm I'm afraid we may get caught up in a situation where it's just not quite as. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to go down to, to 70 cents. That's not it. I I just think we have to be really careful about recognizing that it's seldom things continue on a straight line straight up uh so I, I do think we could have a severe correction in here at any time um just because we've we've gone a long long way up in other words you've got to have a dollar and a nickel rather than 95 cents when you did your pricing when you did your pricing you'd rather price at a dollar and a nickel rather than 95 or 93 cents and that's what if i may Put words in your that's, mouth. That's what that's what we're talking about. That's what you're I, I telling. I think that's I think that's right. Like I said, I don't think we're going to go to seventy cents, but we got to be careful about holding out for this dollar twenty-five. Although I, I think that's odds are we're going to see that early on. But it's just we just don't want to wait on it. If you see it, just take it and go because we don't we don't get these prices very often. Well, there's still a lot of money in the system. There's tons of money in the system, but there are no more government checks coming. And uh, somebody's going to have to catch up with that. Somehow or another, that is going to catch up with us, and it's going to mean those shirts are going to cost more, and it's going to mean we have less to pay for that new sports shirt. Uh, and then it begins to affect demand a little bit. Well, it also bears to the extent that you know, whatever the high is, I'm kind of scared to be the the high man in the in the group estimates. But if we got to a dollar twenty five, it would be because of a whole lot of contribution from hedge funds. And those people, if you look at the pattern of their peaks, especially in the summertime rallies, they're usually three four weeks long. They're very skinny. So those opportunities, what Kip was just saying, those opportunities will be fleeting when they happen. So grab them if you can. And that's a great comment you make, in my opinion, because. The cotton was the darling of Wall Street, and then all of a sudden the war came and the gasoline prices came and wheat and oil seeds and grains took took money from cotton, took money out of the cotton market, it took speculators out of the cotton market. But that will probably come back, or our cotton share of it will come back. It made sense for that money to come out of cotton and cotton prices to come down. But now we'll, we should be able to challenge again. Thank you. Any any other comments? Patty, if we have time, and we may not today, I'd love to get a grower comment or two yeah. about what they're looking at at, at, at acreage uh, and, and changes from, what, from either last month or last year or both, if, if, they, if you have time, Pat. All right, sure. Look, I'm, I'm about to unmute this phone, so if you're out there, uh, and we certainly want to hear from people in West Texas, and you can talk about your weather, you can talk about your cost, just anything, or, or, or cotton farmers anywhere, we'd like to hear from you. So 
Here we go. I'm getting ready to, to take the mute off, and if you've got a comment, we'd really like to hear from you. All right. Any any thoughts from any cotton farmers? Now don't be shy. Well, the the uh, the input thing you're talking about. We're talking about sixteen dollars an acre inch to pump water, probably. So I don't know how much two dollars. You know, if you're spending money pumping water, you're going to have to spend two bucks a unit to put nitrogen on it. So it's a bit of a conundrum. Gotcha. All right. Keep talking. <laughs> any, other, and you, and you, any other comments? And, and don't feel like you have to identify yourself. We need help, guys. <laughs> Given that scenario, does that kill you? Are you telling us you're going to have to really reduce your inputs in this scenario? Is that what I'm hearing? That's an acre-to-acre decision. You know, in West Texas, if you've got... We got everything from, uh, you know, four gallon a minute drip on 40 inch centers to almost 80 inch drip with less than two gallons to the acre. And I think just to tell you what I'm going to do on that is, uh, I think mid April I'll put out two or three inches. The other variable is chemical. Uh, hey, how are you today? Sitting here listening so to a we're probably guys on a con- cotton conference conference, conference call, call trying to figure out what they think everybody's gonna do. <laughs> what are they thinking? <laughs> so we're probably gonna we we may list up in Rodweed because right? I don't uh-huh. make sure we get a good yell out. And I heard the plan. They did. They're, oh, you didn't I guess, thoughts on it right now. All know, right. I any, guess ask each other what they any, any other thoughts? Any other comments out there? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Gerald Neeper yeah. and Kip yeah. Butt. Yeah. 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 We're probably going to go ahead and uh, <laughs> mute this thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, they said about 150. <laughs> Mute it quick. <laughs> before they go, before they get personal. They're getting ready to comment on y'all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, but, but, well, well, before y'all cut it off, did, did did you understand the gentleman what his conclusion was? I did not. I wanted to, but uh, I did not. Kip, to, to your uh, I question. Not, I did not understand. I, 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 you know, okay. That's why I posed the question, but I did not get yeah. what I felt was an answer. Did anybody hear that? Well, I heard the word I heard the word conundrum, and I've heard that word a lot. You know, how they're dealing with with the cost of high cost of inputs, and then the question of the availability of of Liberty if they've got a Liberty herbicide system or or Roundup or whatever. The availability of that is a question, and so they're just you know the reaction is the same in every meeting I've been in. They're kind of like, "This is uncharted waters, and I don't really know what I'm going to do." Okay. 
Not surprising. Not surprising. Pat, can you cut it back on so we can hear what they're going to say about Gerald and, and John? I like hearing about that OA guy. Well, I think we need to wrap this one up. Uh, all right. Let's uh, – we want to thank uh, BASF for sponsoring us and making this uh, show possible for you. Uh, thank you, John, for leading us today and for our panel. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network, and we will see you uh, next month.